You're listening to the Don't Shoot the Messenger podcast with Vicky Marinka. And today I'm talking over Zoom. We've just gone into a second lockdown with Trudy Lewis. Trudy is a communications consultant and executive coach who specializes in internal communications, employee engagement, and change communications. In my experience as a recruiter, I've seen companies paying lip service to internal comms, as well as those who use the function as an essential way to engage and motivate employees. Today, we're going to talk about the importance of internal comms and how it's changed. Hi, Trudy. Lovely to have you on the podcast. Hi, Vicky. How are you doing? Really well. Yeah. Uh, a bit disappointed to be back in lockdown, but yes. you know, one day yeah. at a time. I always want to start these podcasts with a couple of key questions, which just give you the opportunity to tell listeners about yourself. So the first question is, what's your elevator pitch and how do you describe what you do to strangers? I'm a communication consultant and an executive coach, and I help leaders to, to gain an edge in how they communicate. I think I'm really passionate about putting communication on the map and explaining to people that actually everybody can master it. It's not something that's mysterious or anything. We can all master that. So would you say that what you do is enabling other people to communicate as much as communicating yourself? Yes, I think so. I think I think the big part about what I do, especially when it comes to consulting and internal comms, is actually enabling the leader, the individual, the team, the organisation to communicate effectively across the, the organisation. And this is something that a lot struggle with. So as a result, being able to, 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 to put the tools in their hands to tell them how to do it is really rewarding. Can you give me a potted history of your career in just a few sentences and tell me about where you've worked? Yeah, sure. So I came to internal comms in a roundabout way. I started in hospitality and that was back in Jamaica and that was where I used to live. And then came to the UK, decided to retrain and do PR. So my training's in PR. I moved into straight PR role within corporate comms. And found that I really preferred internal comms, so then transitioned. So Compass Group was my first role in PR, where we looked after eight PR agencies and then moved on to places like Transport for London. More recently, I've done work within construction, so construction companies and supporting them with with comms. And I've also done some uh, government agency work as well. What do you think the outside world understands about internal comms? I think very little still. It's still a case where it's something people are grappling with. They understand communications to a certain extent. They're more likely to get what PR is, but they don't quite understand. If I say to somebody I work in internal comms, a lot of the times people are thinking, oh, is that like technology? (laughs) Um, So you get kind of mixed reviews about what it is. The interesting thing is when you get into an organization, it's not dissimilar. So you have people hiring you who think they want something around communication, but they're not quite sure what that is. So when you then come in and say, well, internal communications is not just tactical, it's also quite strategic or it can be strategic. And we actually inform almost everything that happens within the organization. It can be improved or impacted with good communication they don't quite see it that way. So they don't always see the value of internal comms. How do you demonstrate to them the difference that internal communications can make? It is about finding those influencers, seeing the people who are actually in, already interested in comms and taking them a little bit further. 
the other part is having this level of business acumen. So understanding some of the challenges that the business is going through. So one of the biggest ways that I've kind of been able to engage people is actually highlighting how communication could fix or could help a certain circumstance that they're having. So for instance, if you're talking about retention, there's a lot that communication can do to sort that out. Building rapport with leadership, that's a very big way that I'll I'll work. Do you think that things have changed over time and there is a better understanding of internal comms? There's a big desire for communication. So it almost feels like the leader knows that they want something, but they're not quite sure what that is. It's not clear for them exactly what they want and how they want to work with somebody or what they're going to get. So they might think it's always going to be more of a tactical thing when you then present the idea that actually we can help you with your strategy and to deliver bigger messages. It's hit on with a few more, well, a bit of resistance from them. So for instance, uh, I went to work somewhere where it was a culture change program. So they wanted the communications element and the first thing the person asked me was, oh, so could you could you do for us what Google have? And I, I kind of thought, you could have what Google has. However, it won't mean anything to your people. And, and it kind of made them sit up a little bit. But in the back of their minds, it was still, what fancy things could you deliver? To what did they get... mean? What did Google have at that time? What did they mean? Uh, for them, they kind of liked the idea of the the kind of the, the sense that they had bean bags and everybody was kind of they had lots of lovely food around and looking after people. This is the perception that I have, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and you know just just those kind of funky things that that make employees feel like they're not actually working or, or okay. make people feel they're like playing table tennis. <laughs> yeah, that you're playing games. Or we've got a pool table. We've got this, and they they actually thought that those types of campaigns meant that much when it came to culture because culture is way deeper than uh, just a pool table yeah and every organization has a completely different culture and requires a different approach presumably and what about the most challenging work that you've done yeah there have been quite a few (laughs) (laughs) I think I won't pinpoint anyone I think it's a general thing with programs really and especially change programs so the perception that communication or internal comms is going to come in and we are just going to produce a poster campaign. We're going to post out all of your messages where we're going to suddenly get everybody excited about the project, whether it's working or not. And, and that wrong perception, which in a sense isn't wrong because we, you know, eventually you're going to get there, but the perception that that's what is the priority is is always difficult to get over so I would say with a lot of change programs I've you come up on those blocks as to this is what I think communications delivers and then I'm saying well no can I see your program plan can I see your milestones can I work with your project program manager director so that he and I are on the same page and they don't quite get that bit and and also the fact that planning is one of the most essential things that we have to do they don't quite get that. They think it's about, oh, well, just do as I say. <laughs> so there's a lot of that kind of pushback on those projects. And I've always found them challenging. Change managers have a challenge working with comms people because there's a lack of, there's a little information gap or understanding gap of how each work. So 
I will always want to learn more about audience and dig deeper before you kind of frame communications from their perspective everything's very kind of static and boxed in and so on and as a result there's always a clash so I look at things like the change curve and how people are at different stages throughout that curve what communication do they need at each stage of it rather than we'll talk when we've got something to announce and that's it. Do you think that the profession has changed and has its reputation improved? I think it has changed. It's an interesting time that we're in at the moment. So right, you know, through the pandemic, there were, there was a lot of kind of comms that needed to come out, systems that needed to be launched in terms of channels for us to use. And communicators stepped up and just really worked hard. So I think the perception, I think it opened up a little bit of leaders' perception of communications but I think there's a lot more I don't think as a profession it has changed I don't think we're still seen in that strategic space so as a function as a business function I think we're not quite seen in the same way as say for instance HR and from where I'm sitting I think we should be and what's that down to a bit of us not stepping forward us not asserting what the value of internal communications to them Uh, I did a study uh, a couple of years ago for CIPR around the value and effectiveness of internal communications. And we interviewed CEOs. All of them saw the value. All of them felt it couldn't be measured. (laughs) However, there was a lot that they didn't understand and there was a lot that they didn't get. And so as a result, we had CEOs saying, yes, well, I use them for this, mostly as a postbox type thing. And until it was opened up that we understood about the business and about strategy and so on, then they didn't, they wouldn't have approached us for it at all. So there was almost like this opening for us as communicators to tell that story about the fact that, yeah, we can actually speak into your strategy. We do understand business. And if you use us correctly, we can help you with your priorities. We can help you with your messaging. And yes, we can send out things via a post box. Now, this might be controversial, but do you think part of that misunderstanding is down to the skills of the internal communications community? Uh, you know, do you think that they need to step up in terms of skills as well? I, I think so. I think there's a level of professionalism that we need to keep building on. But we also need to make people aware of that as well. So, for instance, I'm a part of CIPR. I'm a chartered practitioner. Going for things like that and making that a lot more visible will convince people that actually it's a credible industry. Our skills around things like business acumen, about listening, questioning, you know, just being able to speak up a little bit more. And some of that is embedded in having not having enough confidence to do that. But it's it's not necessarily anymore ask, waiting for permission to do it. It's about saying, well, I can see that you are heading for an ethical pitfall And so you need to communicate this way. It's a level of assertiveness, I think, that we also need to have that says, as a professional, as somebody who understands business, I'm going to step in and put my hand up and not be afraid to have those conversations with leadership. The um, question of having 
business acumen is one of your top skills. It's a bit chicken and egg, isn't it? Because how do you learn that business acumen? How do you develop that muscle without being in a business for quite a significant amount of time and possibly in a different function? Again, I think it's about relationship building, about building rapport. And if we if we as kind of practitioners don't have information or we're not sure about something, then that's where we need to, to, to find those individuals. I used to always kind of align myself with the strategy director because of the volume of things he understood in terms of the problems that the company was facing or the priorities that needed to be met. And, and a lot of it also is about understanding what's happening currently. So how is the economic climate impacting the organization? What's happening in education and, and other sectors? So it's also trying to be knowledgeable around, uh, you know, much wider than just communications and how an organization might need to deal with something. A good example is things like the gender pay gap. You know, many of us have to write the document, put together the brochure or whatever we need to produce to tick the box. But how many of us understand some of the real issues behind that? So, for instance, understanding that can help me to help them to write a far better report and to come up with a much better strategy in the long term as to how they're going to fix some of it and how they're going to improve it and how you're going to kind of translate those messages across to your teams and your employees. So I think there's a there's a real openness that we need to have to get more information, get more knowledge. And don't worry about it if you don't know something, but actually find somebody that you can have those conversations with. This is about internal knowledge as well as yeah, external absolutely. knowledge and having a, a hunger for the news agenda as well. Yeah. Do you think there's a obvious career path for internal comms people? And if internal comms is not yet at the top table, where is the ceiling for an internal comms person? Wow, the ceiling. Some some communicators turn into CEOs themselves simply mm. because of the, the wide knowledge they have around the organisation. I think we are the most or can be the most knowledgeable people about the organisation if we want to be. And we can also be the most influential because we talk to all levels of staff in some way. So... I don't think there's actually a ceiling. I think the sky's the limit, really. We can go as far as we want to go within the organisation. It's it's in our gift to advise leadership, to become that trusted advisor, to be seen as a vital function. There's a real level to which we should be aspiring to become more informing and supporting in the way that says when a leader has a problem or a challenge, I am the person he seeks out. To have that conversation with. I might not be able to answer all the questions, but he seeks me out because he knows that it, in some way communication is something that will fix it. What do you love about internal comms? I love everything about internal comms. So I like the discipline. I love the fact that we are changing people through the fact that we're communicating well. And I also like that interaction with leadership, getting them to the point where they fully understand what it means, what it can do, and how I can help them do it. So it's, yes, I love the challenge. I love the soft, fluffy bits. I love the creativity element of it as well. So throughout my career, I've really enjoyed working in comms. Well, I wish that people could see your smiling face because (laughs) you clearly are so enthusiastic about it and that really comes across. Are there any ethical questions that you've had to ask yourself over the years, either about the type of organisation that you've worked for or perhaps a route that they want to take in their communications? There has been, and and ethics is a big thing for me as well. 
It's things like making the decision to communicate or not to communicate or the things that you'd rather hide or keep to yourself as a leader that you, you kind of you're not sure that I should be communicating. And it, it, it's it's always challenging. But I think that's where it's important to have that trusted advisor to come alongside you and help you through that so that you so that you're true to yourself. You're you, you, you kind of share the things that need to be shared to help people because ultimately it's about people. I've done a lot of kind of advising around maybe you should say this instead of doing that. Or yes, you need to communicate now, even if you think you shouldn't. But I think the important thing for me has always been to be a bit vocal, to, to actually say it, even if even if it's ignored. And that that will go as far as if I'm in a board meeting or a meeting and I have to say the uncomfortable thing, <laughs> no, you shouldn't be communicating that or write it in a report and then report it back. I, I, I remember a project I worked on where I had to do that and say to them, you should not be communicating about this. They were adamant, you know, it's a great program. We want to communicate. But actually it was it was going to have such an adverse impact on the employees that it would have done the opposite. It was there was enough evidence to actually and I think that's the key. I had enough evidence to prove that actually this is counterproductive. It, it would be better if we did it another way. But I don't always win. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to choose your battles, I suppose. What campaign do you think Trudy Lewis will be remembered for? There are a couple. Uh, there was a really lovely campaign I worked on where it was an internal and external one. And this was at Transport for London. It was about reliability and promoting all of the things that they were doing to be reliable. Externally, it was kind of talking to, to talking to passengers about the responsibility that they have to behave a certain way. And then internally, it was talking about the efforts that were made to make sure that everything worked and some of the things that we were doing, like, you know, looking after person ill on the train and, you know, just all the different things that we we're doing to support that. And we had an artist in, I think we did it with a really big agency and they had an, an artist come in and do some, it was cartoon posters around the whole thing to demonstrate it. And we had to get the face of Transport for London in those posters. So I ran a competition. It was a bit of a fun one. So we ran a competition, found three people who really exemplified uh, reliability and they became the face on these cartoons. So they had to go to the cartoonist and be drawn into these posters. And I don't know if people remember me for it, but I think what was really interesting about that project was the fact that it gave me a chance to look at where internal communication fits into the organization. So we're working, we were working at the time alongside the PR group, marketing communications and other areas within the organization. So it was bringing all of that together and highlighting where internal communications was relevant. It was so much about the connectivity between each group and how we would demonstrate internal comms quite strongly. So it was a great one. Who from history would you most like to have had the opportunity to work with or do the communications for? And I do ask everyone this, by the way, I'm not just picking on you. I know. (laughs) (laughs) So actually, for me, it's three women. There are three black women from America called Catherine Johnson, Dorothy Vaughan and Mary Jackson. And they form the three women who did all of the statistical data driven areas within NASA when America was trying to launch their first person into space. There's a movie that was made about it called Hidden Figures. They generally pioneered mathematics in a way that 
yeah, it, it boggles my mind because I have no clue about maths. Um, Join the club. <laughs> and they, they, they led um, kind of extraordinary lives. They kind of were very hidden, very embedded. They were called computers at the time. And it was almost like they were faceless in the whole environment. So when I think about communicating and what communication can do, it's shedding light on the work that they did at the time helping them as they navigated through a very difficult time. It was still during the time of civil rights in America. Then afterwards, promoting the fact that they wouldn't have gotten somebody into space unless they had these three computers, these three women who were brilliant. They were, they were exceptional mathematicians and they did this massive amount of work. I think the communication that you could put behind that would have, would have been phenomenal. I know there's a book that's written about them as well, but up until recently that it wasn't very very a very publicly known story and I think that's what we do in comms we tell those stories that don't get to be told that's such a great answer I mean why don't we all know the names of these women it's it's a (laughs) tragic it's a travesty actually what advice would you give to someone just starting their comms career or perhaps looking for their first comms opportunity specifically in internal comms I would I, I would suggest that they work really hard at learning about what internal communication can achieve and also figuring out where they want to sit in that. So there's a, there's a bit of kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm, I need to think about what I want to achieve out this, where I want to go is a great place to start because then you won't pick up jobs or positions that, that really don't resonate with you. And it's, I think there's a level to which it's important to get into the right job because you can get stuck in a role that's, that's, that's singular and one dimensional and that doesn't actually help you with the skills that you have. So, so the first thing is find out who you are, find out what you want to, where you want to go within your career and then start looking for the types of jobs that match that. What predictions have you got for the future of communications? And I know that we're all kind of locked down at the moment and the future is very uncertain. But if you could look at the bigger picture, how do you think communications will fare? I think if we do do not step on the opportunity to get closer to leadership, to get more visible and to build our reputation wider, we will almost become ineffective. And (laughs) I'm saying it gingerly because it it would probably be looked on as controversial. I, I, I think we almost will become obsolete. The strategic element of internal comms will disappear because it's... Who would take that on in the absence of internal comms? It will be those who are good at technology because technology is going to take a bigger stage when it comes to internal communicating with people. The assumption that I get somebody who's really good at social instead of somebody who's good at messaging and content. The fact that management consultants will step up and help leaders with trying to work out what the vision is and how to articulate that. You're seeing that even now where consultants are coming up and saying, that they can do it. And as a result, they're not bothering to use strategic internal communications people to help them with that. Because why, why would you, if you've already got your consultant working on something else and they say they can do that, why not use them? So I think there's a, there is a, a real onus on us as practitioners to step up and to, to take the opportunity. And the need for comms internally is not going to go anywhere. It's actually more crucial than ever, particularly during COVID with everyone working oh, at home. Thank you so much, Trudy. It was really fascinating to talk to you. 
You've been listening to Don't Shoot the Messenger with Vicky Marinka. I'm on all the social channels, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, although I don't like Twitter much. If you'd like to leave me a comment or suggest a future guest, then please contact me. My handle everywhere is the DSTM podcast. Until next time, thanks for listening.